Welcome to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. So grateful that you're joining me for this week's episode. And just before we jump into it, I want to tell you about a brand new resource that I have available for you. It's uh, located on my website, simplepowermedia.com. It's under the online training tab. And this is an online training course. It's called How to Hear God's Voice Clearly and Consistently. And it's an intensive a pretty extensive course um, consisting mainly of, of video lessons that will walk you through practical steps for learning to hear the voice of God and really understanding the simplicity of the way that God speaks to us so that you can apply the principles to your life and hear God's voice in your daily life. This was a labor of love. I put this course together. It took me a while to get it together, uh, but I believe that it will be a blessing to you. So you can find it there uh, on my website, but I'll also leave a direct link to it in the show notes. The course generally retails for $99, but I'm running a very special discounted uh, price right now of just $47, so check that out either in the show notes or at simplepowermedia.com. All right, so in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, I'm going to read these verses just real quick, and then we're going to talk about some stuff here. This is the passage of Scripture where Jesus is asleep in the boat, And the disciples are freaking out because there's a storm going on. They don't know what's going on. They think they're going to die. And so they wake Jesus up, and Jesus gets up, and he rebukes the wind and the waves. He he makes this statement. He says, peace be still. And I want to just pull some truth out of this passage related to our authority in Christ. So here we go. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, he took them along in the boat as he was, And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want to start. Oh, I love this passage. There's so many things we could look at here. I want to start with this statement that that they make, that the disciples make to Jesus when they say, do you not care that we are perishing? Because I think that's so often that's what many of us do. We see a problem. We see a conflict. We see something, some kind of storm that's going on around us. And if we are not paying attention, we can see the problem and we can assume that God is ignoring us or that God is not paying attention to us. And so we might have this attitude on the inside of us that's like, God, do you not care? Do you not see what I'm going through? And we start to think that God is somehow not with us or that he's against us. The assumption that so many people make is that because he isn't doing it our way, that he must not be doing anything at all, or that he must somehow be failing us. And so they're asking him this question, hey, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? In other words, don't you care that we're about to die? Don't you care that we're dying? It's interesting that they ask him that question because Jesus left heaven to come to earth to save these people. (laughs) Like he left his heavenly throne to come into this world and to save us, to seek and to save the lost. It's not his will that any should perish, the Bible says, but that all should come to repentance. So Jesus, he definitely did care if they were going to perish. It's not that Jesus didn't care. But if you look at the question that Jesus asks them at the end of of these verses that we read, he's like, hey, why are you so fearful? 
There comes a time to stand on the truth of what you know, to stand on the promises of God, to stand on his word, and to stand and to rest in the fact that he is faithful. There will be times when you will be tested. Your faith will be tested. It's necessary. It's necessary that what you're learning, that what you've learned in the Lord, that those things are tested. That's how you find out what's really in you, or in other words, what's really taken effect in your life to the point of change. It's not God being cruel. Like when you go through a situation that's testing, that's testing for your patience or it's testing your faith or whatever the case may be, so many times we can look at that and because we're going through something, we can have the wrong assumption that God is somehow doing something wrong or that God is somehow not coming through or that God is somehow not in charge of that situation anymore. And it's simply not true. But look, it's not God being cruel. It's God wanting you to experience breakthrough by standing on his promises. And when you stand in your authority as a child of God, on the faithfulness of God, on the word of God, on the truth of his word, on the things that he's promised you in the midst of the storm, then what actually happens is you get this chance to stand in this partnership agreement where you get to contend for breakthrough in partnership with the Spirit of God who lives inside of you. It's actually for you. It's actually for your benefit. They should have realized, hold on a second, Jesus is here with us. It's so interesting that, you know, we can be so happy and content and, you know, whatever, as long as everything looks calm and peaceful. We can declare God is good and God is faithful. You know, we can declare those things all day long when everything is nice and peaceful. But in those moments, in those moments of chaos, in those moments of calamity, in those moments where something breaks out that maybe we weren't expecting or maybe we weren't anticipating, I feel like so many times we forget who God is and we forget who we are. We forget about the authority that we have as sons and daughters of God to stand in agreement with Jesus, to stand in agreement with his word, to stand in the authority that we have as sons and daughters of God. Like when conflict comes, recognizing that we were actually born for this moment. Like when you're in the middle of conflict, you need to recognize that you were born for that moment of conflict. You weren't born for the conflict. It's not that the conflict is somehow good for you, that the problem or the chaos or the storm you're going through, it's not that it's good for you. But here's the thing. You were born to triumph in the midst of whatever circumstances come your way. That is your nature. That's who you are as one of God's kids. There's a scripture that I love from the the book of Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah chapter 54 toward the end where, you know, it's this verse that you're probably familiar with. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And that's true. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. But it doesn't say that no weapon will be formed against you. <laughs> it actually tells you right there that weapons will be formed against you. But guess what? Even when the weapons are formed against you, those weapons are not going to prosper. All right, and so many times we look at the weapon being formed against us and we suddenly have this wrong idea or this wrong assumption that God has somehow abandoned or forsaken us and it is simply not true. 
Yeah, so it's verse 17 of Isaiah chapter 54. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. But listen to this. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Did you recognize that it is actually part of your nature to stand triumphant in the midst of calamity, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion? It is part of your heritage as a child of God. When you are finding yourself in the midst of a difficult, perplexing, confusing, troubling, whatever kind of situation that you're in, just recognize that you stand there with the authority that Jesus has placed inside of you and you were born to triumph in the midst of every single circumstance. In the midst of every single circumstance of life, you can stand in full confidence and assurance of the faithfulness of God. Look, you wouldn't need to be more than a conqueror if you were never going to have to face conflict. You know, and I don't like conflict, and I'm not saying this, you know, because I enjoy conflict. Like, absolutely not. I don't. I don't like it. I like things to be nice and easy and peaceful and all that kind of stuff. But it's just not the way that life works all the time. You wouldn't need promises like this, like like the promises from the Psalms that he redeems your life from destruction. The, another promise from Isaiah that he gives beauty for ashes. Another promise from the New Testament that he always leads you into triumph in Christ Jesus. We wouldn't need these promises if everything was just going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. We wouldn't need these promises because if everything was just easy all the time, then we wouldn't need to stand our ground and to stand firm. But we have these promises available to us so that when the storm comes, when the conflict comes, we can recognize the faithfulness of God and we can recognize the authority that we have as his sons and his daughters to stand in agreement with him and to stand our ground in full assurance of faith. And there are things that are produced in those moments of conflict that will just absolutely blow. Like if you could see what God was doing in the realm of the spirit when you go through conflict, but you stand your ground, if you could see how much that ticks the enemy off, if you could see how much that causes the demons and the powers of darkness to tremble, like so many times I think that our assumption is that when we're going through something, that somehow the enemy is triumphing over us. No, the enemy only ever attacks you out of his own insecurity because he knows that God has put something within you. He knows that God has put a deposit of himself within you and that you were prepared for victory, that you were prepared for glory. And the enemy is terrified of that. He wants to stop you. He wants you to be held back. He wants you to get into fear and all this kind of stuff. He wants you focused on your circumstances and on the wind and the waves and on the storm that's going on around you. But when you choose to stand your ground in God in spite of the circumstances, the enemy actually has to run away from you because it reminds him of the fact that he is already a defeated foe. I wanted you to look real quick at Jesus' example here in this story because in the midst of all of the chaos, in the midst of the storm that was going on, he was asleep. He was resting in the storm. And his rest in the storm, his confidence in the midst of the storm is the very thing that positioned him to be able to stand up in authority and to speak peace. He wasn't just operating on a surface level. He wasn't operating just on what was visible or perceivable by the five senses. He wasn't operating based on what he saw in the natural. He was operating out of an assurance of victory. When you can rest in the storm that you're in, 
you can calm the storm that you're in. When you can rest and have that confidence in the faithfulness of God in the midst of the storm, then you already have everything within you, everything at your fingertips in order to stand up in authority and to calm the storm. See, a lot of times I think that we're looking for God's pity. We're looking for God to like satisfy our ego, to pat us on the back and be like, there, there, everything's going to be okay. Like, I think we get into these pity party moments, into these complaining moments, and we just want God to like feel bad for us and to come through for us out of pity. But pity doesn't move God. I'm not saying he doesn't have compassion for you because he does. I'm not saying that he's not merciful to you because he absolutely is. It is his nature. He is full of mercy. He is full of compassion. But here's the thing. God is so confident in, the, in his faith that is within you that he will actually give you opportunities for you to stand in that confidence and to demonstrate your authority. So often I think that God is just waiting for us. He wants us to respond in faith. So many times we're waiting for God to do something, waiting for God to move, and he's waiting on us to move. He's waiting on us to get into agreement with him, to partner with his heart, and to stand in faith. Again, it's not that he doesn't care. It's not that he's asleep on us. It's that he wants you to have the opportunity to see who you really are. He wants you to see what his faith has accomplished in you. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. This is the old King James Version. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, I live this life in the flesh, like here in the physical world. I live this life in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God. A lot of translations there say the faith in the Son of God, but the original wording there is the faith of the Son of God. It is Jesus's faith in you. His faith is in you. His deposit of himself is within you. And God is so confident in his ability within you to calm the storms that you're in. And so look, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. God did not send the storm. Let me prove it to you. Jesus got up and rebuked the storm. Do you really think that we're supposed to rebuke things that God sends our way? No, that wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense to rebuke something that God was giving to us. No, God didn't send that sickness into your life. He didn't send that tragedy into your life. He's not the author of that confusion. He's not the author of those things. Look, let me just help somebody real quick. All sickness is demonic at its core. It is the result of sin. It's not your sin. I'm not saying that it's your fault that you're sick. No, I'm not. It, it's, it's not that it's the result of your sin. It's the result of Adam's sin. It's the result of original sin. It's the result of the fall of man. It's a result of the sinful nature. All right, we are born into this world with a sinful nature, but anyone that is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You, don't, you do not have an old sinful nature anymore. That's not who you are anymore. But we still live in a fallen world. And at the core of sickness and at the core of disease and at the core of poverty and lack, there's demonic influence at the core of those things. So look, God didn't send that tragedy into your life. 
So don't get don't don't get the wrong idea here. Jesus was not standing up and rebuking the father's storm. He was standing up in the authority of God, standing in agreement with the heart of God, rebuking the storm. And Jesus was able to rebuke that storm because of the peace and the rest that he came to live on the inside of himself. Jesus was able to respond differently than everybody else around him because he was operating from a place of rest, from a place of peace, from a place of confidence in the faithfulness of God. And I just simply want to encourage you this week because so many times, like I said, I think we look at our circumstances and we interpret God based on our circumstances, thinking God's not with us, God's not coming through, God's against us, these problems are out of control, and everything else. And if we would step back for a minute and recognize the fact that God is faithful, that he is seated on his throne, that he is who he is, and that because he is who he is, we are who he created us to be. And we can rest in the full assurance of faith, not just not our faith, but his faith on the inside of us because God is so confident in his ability that is on the inside of you. He's so confident in the faith that he has put within you that he actually allows you to encounter circumstances that are bigger than you are so that you can have that 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 breakthrough moment of partnering with the heart of God, of standing in faith. And whether it's rebuking a storm, whether it's simply standing your ground, if it's worshiping God in the midst of a conflict, if it's giving God praise in the midst of a conflict, if it's just continuing to walk through and hold on to that promise of God, even when it doesn't look right, even when it doesn't look like everything is lining up the way that you thought it would or the way that you hoped it would, keep standing firm on the promises of God, recognizing that His ability in you is enough to accomplish the impossible. All right, guys, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for taking the time to check this out. Don't forget to look in the show notes to get the link for my uh, that brand new online course, How to Hear God's Voice Clearly and Consistently. I really believe that it will be a blessing to you. If nothing else, just check out the free preview of it just to get a feel for what the course is going to be like. You'll, I still believe that you'll get some stuff out of it, even if you don't go ahead and purchase the course. Uh, just take a look at what's there available to you for free because I believe it'll be a blessing to you. Anyway, I hope you guys have an awesome week and I'll be back with you next time. Thanks.